Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Good to hear from you guys online. If you uh, have your Bible, be uh, turning to Acts chapter 12. So as a course, you know, we've been looking at a lot of different things out of uh, Acts chapter 12. And uh, today we're going to be covering uh, chap- uh, verse 12 through 17. And so we just we're coming off the heels of Peter's great, you know, escape. And now we are transitioning into he is going to go visit John Mark's mother's house. And uh, and so there are some things there that we need to kind of see. And something I just want to put in your mind is verse five. Okay, so if you would with me, just put your eyes there. It says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Okay, so topically, in terms of just what we're going to discuss today is prayer. And what we get a chance to kind of see is corporate prayer. But there are some things about this, I think, that we need to pay attention to. And that's our responses to answered prayer. Uh, I do think that a little bit. Uh, sometimes we don't always have the right biblical view of how to respond. And uh, you're going to get a chance to see two responses uh, almost simultaneously while all of this is happening. And so, yeah, I, I want to unpack this for you and uh, really just get a chance to look at it. So let's look at the text and then we'll, we'll get into it from there. Okay, so in our text, starting in verse 12, it says this, And when he had considered, he being Peter, the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. And they said, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. And so, man, it you know, you read that and you're like, okay, yeah, let's let's get on to something where there's gonna be a lot that I can pull from. Oh, wait, no, 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 wait. You know how we do. So what's our context? Obviously, Peter is free from jail and he visits the brethren. This is good news. He wants to make sure that he shares what it is that God has done by showing up. (laughs) Right. Just showing up is going to be an encouragement enough. At this point, just to remind you, James Zebedee has been killed. And so now this church, you know, at the beginning, the very first verses said that certain other church had been vexed. So now this would be a big deal. I mean, if just imagine the leaders of our church being killed and imprisoned and just how we would feel about that, right? We would feel a way about this. So I know that it's super easy. If you just run through the words, you don't really get the ominous feeling that, of things that are taking place. But I am very much encouraged by the fact that what you see is God's people praying. Now, We don't know who prompted them to do so, but those individuals are there. And we kind of get a a sense just by what I read that James is not there, right? And so these are just you praying for the leadership that's being vexed. It's a big deal. I think doctrinally, obviously we're kind of looking at prayer and just the power of prayer. 
it's important for God's people to understand that that is a form of communication that we have to open that dialogue up. Obviously, we can hear from him from his word, but then we speak back to him through our prayers. And so it creates this nice conversation. And then I think application wise, we're going to kind of see obviously corporate prayer. But then, like I said earlier, responding to answer prayer. And I want to just put in a contrast is Rhoda versus they. Okay, so we got her name, the damsel that opens the door. She's just a maidservant. You know, I'm not trying to belittle her at all. But why is it that the Lord has highlighted her name for us? I think is something that we should look into, right? Okay, so let's get into it. Verse 12, and it says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And that considered there means that he understood what was taking place. Remember how we left last time was that he said, I know of a surety that God had done this. Because remember, he's following, but he's not really sure, you know, necessarily what's happening. And so now it's like, man, I get it. I got it. Now I got to tell somebody about it. I got to show up, encourage the body, because I know that they're hurting right now, even from the loss of James and maybe thinking I'm dead. Right. So now I get a chance to encourage them. Right. And he came to the house, and I want you to, to uh, see there in Isaiah 65, 24, it says, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. See, one thing for us to understand about our prayers is that the Lord is already at work. So there must be some other agent and why it is that you're praying, because then I, I can hear you and your thoughts. You're like, well, why do I have to pray then? Why does it even matter if God is already doing something? We'll get to that. But I want you to understand you have a heavenly father that sees what's going on. You're not tapping him in like a tag team wrestler at the moment you have need. He already understands that. And so the thing that I love about this is that these guys are praying while Peter is getting freed from the automatic garage door. You know, we were talking about today. It's very good for you to know that. That God is at work. He's not asleep. He's not somewhere else. He's not not paying attention to what it is that's going on with you. He very much feels you and understands what you need. And so, man, I think it is that. Do you think the Lord loves to hear our prayers being lifted up to Him? See, there's something special and sweet about that, and particularly sweet when we are agreeing together. So, man, how special then is Tuesday night? See, I want to I get us out of the habit of that you do anything because somebody around here told you to do it. I mean, I'm going to tell you stuff to do. I'm the leader. That's what my job is, right? But, like, I want you to get to the point where you understand, like, what you're engaging in. If you're engaging in dialogue with the Lord, I shouldn't have to pull your teeth to be here on Tuesday. If you understand that, if you understand what he's doing, while you're praying, then you'll want to be here. You see what I'm saying? So I, I want to just expand your mind and your thoughts a little bit this morning, just in terms of what it is that we see and what it is that we need to get from this passage. In Matthew 6, 6, it says this, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the, thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth 
what things you have need of before you ask of him. That's the heart of the father that you serve. That's who you turn your life over to. It's somebody that is already like, man, yeah, I'm at work. And so the dire uh, situation is not something that the Lord is like left the area. Like he didn't know it was coming. He knows exactly what he's doing. You got to be okay with that. Because that means that allows space for very uh, uncomfortable and hurtful things to take place in our life. This is just a level of maturity that we got to grow to. We got to be okay that the Lord is still at work. He sees. He sees what's going on. You are not cluing God in. It's about attitude. Prayer very much is about attitude. It's something that, you know, we kind of talked about in discipleship this week. And when you think about attitude, it deals with the mind, the heart, and your behavior. And so here's the thing that we know in this church, man, it's one of our core principles. We say that we're a house of prayer. I know I should pray, but here's this in terms of the heart. But if my heart has doubts, I may not pray. So you see, it's about attitude. That's an attitude adjustment that maybe needs to take place in your life. Maybe there are some things that you, you deem as worthy to pray for and others that you don't. But I'm, I'm telling you, you should be desperate for prayer and all things that are going on in your life. Everything. Whether you just, excuse me, giving the Lord Thanksgiving or not. And so could it be that maybe there's an attitude adjustment that has to take place? I don't want you to feel condemnation because you don't do it. I want you to address the heart attitude that says, I doubt the Lord's ability to come through in this because this looks impossible. What if the, what if the church had a, had that heart attitude in this? James is dead. What are we praying for Peter for? He's cooked. He's, he's in jail. You see what I'm saying? So then what it, because my heart ain't in it, then my, my behavior won't be in it. That's that's what the issue is. See, these individuals knew that they had an opportunity to go to God on Peter's behalf. Many were gathered together praying, and we understand that that is that example of corporate prayer. See, there is something magnetic with us when we agree together about a matter and we come together. Now, you know, obviously, we can come together about a lot of different things, but I like that our church leads us in very specific things, kingdom related, mission focus, the health of our church. Remember during COVID, we were praying for various families. We were praying that we would be fruitful. Man, do you guys remember the prayers that were made over the last year and what has happened? Our, our church has actually grown. <laughs> Some people recovered in COVID. Some people are back at church in ways that they had not been previously because you were praying for it. This is tremendous. It is very tremendous. There's something from D1 lesson six that I want you to get. Some of you already know this, but it's just good to review it. Why we pray? Because God answers prayer Prayer produces a change in us, and then prayer draws us close to God in order to prove his sufficiency. Man, that, that is, that's just good. You need to revisit that today. 
when I saw that again, I was just like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. And so in Matthew 18, 19, it says, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And so the key question this morning is this, why do you pray? Just for you, why do you pray? Are you wanting to have that change actually take place that you are aligning yourself with the Lord? Do you actually believe that God can move and will move and has a heart to move in, the, in that certain situation? Do you pray just to get your heart right so that way now you can say, okay, I, God, is, his grace is sufficient. However this works out, it works out. And I trust him and I won't think ill of him as a result of it. That's going to lead us to this takeaway. God knows what we need. But listen, God is always looking to conform you to the image of Christ. So you notice there was that key component about prayer is that it changes you, not God. He's perfect. He's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. You don't. <laughs> and so it's good that we get a chance to have prayer that will help us to just have the right perspective. Especially, man, can you imagine like this year, just your perspective has allowed you conversations with complete strangers that are losing their mind. You know, <laughs> 2021 is still, I mean, it's still, we don't know. The jury is still out on how this year is gonna be, right? We don't know. I mean, it's just one of them things. And so I love that at least if we understand what prayer does for us, in us, by that conforming peace, that maybe we will think about that before we get in these conversations with people. See, I want you to understand that what you have access to when you're in front of individuals and now you're going to try to encourage them. Guys, listen, don't go from table scraps from past Sunday. You need to spend some time with the Lord and time in his word so that whatever you need for that day on Tuesdays, truth will be good for whoever it is you're going to give it to. Man, it's good. And, you know, uh, revisit the notes from Sunday. But I'm telling you, listen, you have to understand God is doing something in you as much as he is wanting to use you. Remember, it's that whole thing. You are desperate and useful simultaneously. Verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to, to hearken named Rhoda. See, this... Peter knocked at the door, and I find it interesting. The jail door automatically opened, but the door to where the church is is closed. <laughs> it's interesting. It's God's grace that opened doors, but prayer can unlock closed ones. And I want you to understand something about knocking. The Lord has very much left that in the Bible on purpose. This is urgent. I am trying to get your attention at the point that I'm knocking. And so... I think that after this verse, we'll have some references that you can look at. But in Luke eleven five 5 through 10, listen to this. It says this. <clears throat> and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing set before him. 
And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is a friend, yet because of his importunity, excuse me, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. See, that importunity is shamelessness. There is, has to be a desperation and a point in your prayer when you are like, I don't have anywhere else to go. So, Lord, I'm knocking on your door. You're the only one that can do anything about this. Now, listen, I'm all for them in the car, you know, just, you know, them prayers, you just throw up like a paper airplane, you know, you like hope they get there, right? <laughs> but man, there are sometimes you got to stop what you're doing prayer. You got to get on your knees prayer. You got to call somebody and, hey, can you pray with me right now? When's the last time you've done that? I was thinking about that because obviously we don't have this kind of legalistic view, but just when's the last time like you got on your knees? Now, some of you, that's how you pray. But most of us, you know, you're just moving through the day. You're just praying all the time. But like, has there been a circumstance or a situation where you're like, I cannot do anything other than just get on my knees? Maybe I'm going to get on my knees because I don't even have the words to say. That my prayers will be my tears. My heartache. Man, when's the last time you had that kind of prayer? See, I, I, I want you to understand the Lord is painting a picture for us and showing that there is a need for him to have to knock. Yes, we know the Lord, the, the door opener could just automatically, I'm in. Okay, guys, hey, this is what happened. I got to run. Uh, they're after me. See ya, you know. It could have been like that. No, the Lord is like, no, I want to pause right here because I want the reader to be paying attention to what I'm doing. This whole thing is about prayer. And I pray that you would see it that way this morning as Peter knocked at the door of the gate. He's standing there waiting to deliver a message. Well, that kind of sounds like somebody else that knocks. I like doing that. <laughs> okay so listen and, and there's those verses I think we have that we put that on there yeah okay so here are the other places all of these other places the Lord is telling you to knock but in Revelations 3.20 listen to this it says behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. See, here's the thing, and don't miss this. You got to understand that when you're entering into prayer, now you're entering into relationship and intimacy with the Lord. You're not, listen, don't just make lists. He's not Santa Claus. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Pay my bills, you know, get this, help this. Guys, that lacks any kind of intimacy. Again, that's the thing I'm saying is like the example of Peter even just having to knock. It's just to show you like there is a need for you to have to knock and enter into this space of intimacy. 
He cannot get in that door until somebody opens it. You understand that? I think it's something that we just have to, I don't want you to mistreat your prayers and misuse them or not do it just because, well, there's a part of you that just kind of like, God's going to do whatever he's going to do anyway, so it doesn't matter if I pray anyways. Man, listen, any opportunity you can take to enter into an intimate space with the Lord, take it. Take it. Something else I wanted to point out here for you is that, you know, the Heavenly Father is good. And he will supply your need. But, and I want you to pay attention to our dear Rhoda here. Something that says there, it says in verse 13, a damsel came to hearken. She came to answer. She came to listen for who it was on the other side of that. Man, that's just already just kind of a preparedness that's in her that, well, maybe it's not in everybody else that's in that space. See, just because sometimes we gather together, I know that some people are just gathered here, you know, like the kids. Some of the kids are just here because, well, uh, mom and dad are transporting them here on Tuesday. Some of us are here just because you want to see that other individual. But the thing that I want you to engage in, in terms of when you come to Tuesday night prayer, that you yourself are ready to enter into an intimate dialogue with the Lord Jesus Christ yourself. And then the magnetism of being in a group of other individuals that have that same heart attitude. Oh my God. <laughs> it's beautiful. We got this thing on the guy side of, of the Bible study. And uh, just because I wanted to pray with the guys and we can't do it every week, you know, because that means that if I did every week, I can't pray with my wife during Tuesday night prayer. But on the guy side, you know, we have a WhatsApp Invest in WhatsApp for your Bible studies. You ought, to, you ought to do that. It's been an absolute blessing. There are about 18 guys in our Bible study. And, uh, and our Bible study WhatsApp is lit up just with prayer requests or praises or just information about something, a little joke or whatever. And it's just sweet. Even though I, don't, I may not engage, I see them all, right? And so I just kind of look them over and it just makes me smile. But Anyway, so one of the things that I asked the guys to do is, hey, let's just go to the East Balcony so we can pray together. Because of why? I'm in Bible study with them. I'm in fellowship with them. And I want to be in prayer with them. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. I think Serene has a thing with the ladies that sometimes she'll kind of do like that. And I'm telling you right now, you ought to do that. You ought to, whoever, Bible study leaders, WhatsApp your Bible study and meet with them. Pray on Tuesday. It's good to do that. Can we supercharge and get fired up about what it is that God is doing when we pray together and we agree together? Man, I, I want to be in a fellowship like that. So that's why I'm doing it. Man, it's been sweet. These guys are on me. When I had to teach in a high school class, they were like, where are you at, man? <laughs> like, I'm, sorry, I'm with the high schoolers. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad they cared instead of just being like they weren't there. So I was doing something or whatever, and I came up there last Tuesday, man, it was like, I don't know, five or six of them all on the back row. I'm like, man, and they were only ones in there. I'm like, we're going to take over this whole, it'll be Faith Fellowship back in the balcony again. But it just worked out. I just added myself in there. But yeah, I, I'm telling you, it really blessed my heart to do that. And so I'm just encouraging you to do that. As we just examine prayer, and we just kind of look at the attitude and the things that's going on here. We don't want to miss it. 
Okay, now about our dear Rhoda, I think God has given us her name because he wants us to examine her character. And we already see that she has a heart to answer and to listen. And you're like, of course, it's the door. Somebody's knocking at it. Yes, but she went. There's other people there, right? Why didn't they get up? She went. So I'm, there's something to that. So now listen, you got to get a key question out of here. When you pray, are you desperate for God to supply your need? I just, you know, desperate. Not just, I hope it works out. I'm kind of like, it's spaghetti. I'm gonna just throw it up against the wall. Is it ready or not? Well, it ain't ready, so I don't know, <laughs> you know? I mean, cause we kind of pray like that sometimes, right? Uh, maybe, if you feel like it. No, I mean desperate. Like, Lord, you must need to do something about this, or at least tell me how to feel and think about this so that I know what to do. Right? Because remember, we don't know what to do. He knows what to do. So we're trying to figure out what does he want us to do in the thing. When you pray, are you desperate for God to supply your need? Are you coming in prayer in a knocking fashion? Are you ready to knock? And the takeaway from this has to be this. God's grace is sufficient. We've talked about his sovereignty. We also have to talk about his grace. His grace is sufficient. So however he answers, your response needs to be amen. Okay? I'm just telling you, your response has to be amen. As hard as it may be. And listen, you can tell him. It's not like you have to hide your true emotions about a matter with the Lord. Tell him. Tell him how you feel. It's good. Again, you're engaging in that conversation. What's going to happen? Now if you're like, Lord, help my heart. I'm struggling in this area. Guess what he's going to do? Help your heart. Help you to not struggle in that area. But if you just hold it in and you don't do it because you're mad at him because he owes you something. Oh, God, Christian, let me. He doesn't owe you anything. He's done everything. He's done more than enough. You are reconciled back to the Father. Everything is good there. If you have that, listen, if if that's the last thing he did for you, you don't, you're good. You are still most rich. Verse 14. In 14, it says, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness. Don't miss that. It's not another reason. There's an excitement in this woman. I can't even, I just heard his voice. I got to tell everybody else. She opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in, told how Peter stood before the gate. And so if you look at in verse 14, okay, open not the gate. Now there's something kind of interesting here. In Matthew 28, five, it says, and the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not, excuse me, fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here for he has risen and said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and listen and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. So you see what's happening there. They're going to the tomb to visit the tomb. Jesus ain't in the tomb. An angel tells him, hey, deliver a message. And it says, very interestingly, it says, with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. Okay, now, 
But let's look at the opposite of something here. Because she could have not answered in another, in, you know, with joy and could have just been kind of like the response that she's going to get from those that are on the inside. In Luke 24, 40, it says, and when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hand and his feet. And while they yet believed, not for joy, not for joy, you see that, and wondered, he said unto them, have ye there any meat? See, listen, that woman came, answered, <laughs> I'm ready to listen. And once she heard Peter's voice, he probably did not even finish his sentence before she darted in on the inside to be, Peter's here. The person we've been praying for. Guys, listen, do you understand that when the Lord answers prayer like that, is that how you respond? I mean, with the kind of excitement that's like, you gotta share it with somebody else. Or you just take it in. You see, there's something very interesting about that. She could have stood there, answered the door, saw him, gave him a hug and all that, but her excitement level, why? Because she's been a part of a big group of individuals praying. So I want all of them to see. Man, who do you want to see what God is doing in your life? It just begs the question. I think there's, there are things here that we have to pay attention to. See, it was for joy for her that she was hearing Peter's voice that really, that God had answered their prayer. He was alive. He should be dead. How did you get out? I'm, all of these things are racing in her head, but the only thing that's coming out is excitement, joy. In Matthew 13, 44, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy, therefore goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. See, I think there's something very interesting about the, the measure of her heart. Perhaps it is that as she is looking at this thing, something in her just got more affixed to Jesus Christ and his ability. Why? Because Peter is at the door. Do you understand? That is exciting. Peter is at the door. He should be dead. Rhoda's heart is immediately joyful to God's deliverance of Peter. Rhoda is so excited, she didn't want the moment to just be enjoyed by her, but by everybody in attendance. And so this begs the question, does the goodness of God excite you to the point of sharing about it? Because, you know, <laughs> what we can kind of do, this is why, I, man, <clears throat> sometimes, even for myself, I have to pray for my countenance. Because sometimes what I see of Christians are, they are the most miserable looking people I have seen. You are saved by the blood of the lamb. You are eternally good with God. You have been purposed with his work. You have his completed perfect word. You have his spirit in you. You have his people to be in fellowship and community with. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you upset? I mean, for real. If, do you have anything that could not be shared with anyone in this group and that we wouldn't lift it up? Maybe we could feed you if we need to. If you need some money for some bills, we got it. 
I mean, that's because why we're family. But we look like the people who have no family. They have nothing, no one to turn to. And that's why, listen, I'm making a big deal about this because it's unfortunate the response that she got. It disappoints me that when she went in to tell the goodness, the joy, the excitement she had, they said, you crazy. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Man, I, I don't want to lose my edge of being peculiar by being status quo. I gotta, you got to fix your face. <laughs> your body language ain't right. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to work and people ain't, I'm not going to ask you nothing because you, ah. <laughs> I was going to ask you to pray for me, but I don't, you haven't prayed today, clearly, that face. <laughs> and so, listen, the takeaway is this, God wants us to testify of his goodness. God very much is interested in that. It's for his glory, right? So if I all of a sudden rob his glory by my discontent, being upset, worry, doubt, how does he get glory from that? He doesn't. I don't get put in play. Then I get more depressed, more upset. And it's just a matter of you got to decide. You have to decide. It was the thing, it's like I told you guys when I, when I was teaching in main service, the only, the only difference between me now and me then is I just decided to accept the goodness that God was constantly delivering weekly. I could no longer deny him glory by constantly saying how hard it is. Stop doing that. It's not, so do not run down a list of all the things you had to do this week. Praise the Lord that God is using you. I have had that as well. Every night I have met with somebody. I think I was telling Serena on the way in, every night this week, including yesterday, every night, somebody of the household of faith I have been with. Praise the Lord. I've had dinner. I've had counsel. I've had fun time and pizzas and we, prayer, discipleship, praise the Lord. I'm in front of you right now. So listen, you're not going to get the list out of me and out of my mouth that, oh, I need you to feel sorry for me because God is at work in my life. I'm glad that he is because, guys, I can, I can tell you a time that he wasn't. Oh, boy. It's embarrassing, so we can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? You decide, accept it. This is your life. You're not looking for a different one. You're not looking, the Lord is not an accessory. It's not a belt. Right? We got to match the belt with the shoes. I mean, you know, I like now, I am for that. <laughs> but I'm not trying to do my God like that. Where my, you know, my little crucifixes and my Jesus, you know, LFBI sweatshirts, just sad. This is mad as all get out. <laughs> Come on now. Stop it. Stop it. Verse 15. And they said unto her, thou art mad. 
Look at God, look at her response, God. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Uh, you know, that thou art mad. I know it was a guy that said that to her. I just know it. Because <laughs> I just know dudes. Dudes can be foul like that, right? Because they're smarter than everybody. It just sounds like a man, <laughs> right? Thou art mad. And I love her heart, but she constantly affirmed that it was even so. And they said, it is this angel. I mean, like, it's any of, get up. That's the response. Go see for yourself. You see what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say everything that it ain't, but I'm not going to go check. Man, guys, I'm telling you, we have a heart that's the same way sometimes. We have to watch that. Thou art mad in Luke 24, 11, it says this, and their words seem to them as idle tales and they believe them not. When she constantly affirmed, she is kept strongly asserting. And you do this when you truly believe what it is. She didn't need any more proof to know other than whatever he probably said. Hey, Rhoda, it's me. Or whatever he said. It's Peter. Guys, Peter's here. You crazy. It's his angel. That's the response we're going to get. Peter's here. We've been praying about it, right? Like, we want to check it out? Man, listen, Rhoda has a readiness of mind. Please do not miss that. She came to the door to listen. She went in with joy and excitement to tell everybody, to testify of it. Guys, I'm telling you, that's a readiness of mind. This is what the Bible says, Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and then searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. In Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures, then... Thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That's what you got to do. <laughs> That's why I asked you earlier in terms of God's goodness. And if I got this sour look on my face all the time, I'm not searching for his goodness. Maybe I'm over it. Right? How you did this last month? What have you done for me lately? Oh, man. God help us. The Lord is so gracious, man. If that was me, I would be zapping folks left and right. <laughs> the population of the earth would be so small. They'd be like, well, it's six of you left. You want to try me? <laughs> so, I mean, because he doesn't zap us, we are utterly disrespectful. We of his children the household of faith, his house. Like, you know how when your parents got to snatch you up and they're like, hey, we don't do this. That's not what we do in this house. Oh, if, what if God did that to you? You'd be dead. <laughs> just, if, just the moment, you know, that the dad voice comes up and you're like, oh, you know, if you did that, it was just like in the cartoons, the Looney Tunes, where you just go completely white and then you're dead. That's how that would be, right? Like, Man, God is gracious. Guys, do not take his uh, kindness and his love for granted. Don't do that. 
we got to get out of the habit of doing that. There is something that the Lord has left for you to seek and to search and to find because it will be good for you when you get it. I love her boldness. She is a maidservant answering the door and her boldness to just constantly affirm is Peter. Up against, I have been, dis I, you are crazy. <laughs> Insane. What boldness. <laughs> when they said that it was his angel, they were thinking more like guardian angel. And it's very interesting, the verse that's tied to that. Matthew 18, 10, listen to this. It says, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my father, which is in heaven. As if like, like not going to the door because there's a guardian angel at the door. And so now like there, there might be some trouble on the other side of that door. No, man, it's Peter. <laughs> Get up and go check it out. And so listen, we got we to gotta ask ourselves a question here. Does the lack of excitement in others stop you from sharing? Sometimes you're around people and you already know how it's going to go. You know, it's always the Monday after the weekend. Why is it that the loss, they tell us all the debauchery, stupid stuff that they did all weekend. But then when the Christian is time to them to talk, oh, you know, it was good. And let's back to work. No, tell them what you did. You was at church. Maybe you helped clean the church. Maybe it was that you, um, you know, went out on the, the evangelism. Maybe you were in LFBI. You're taking LFBI classes. Why are you doing that? Well, let me tell you about it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you have plenty to talk about. Don't cave in and just let them dump on you all of their drunken sexual nightmares that they've been having or just the sadness of whatever their situation is. Tell them about the goodness of the Lord. Constantly affirm it. God is at work right now. He's at work in my life and he can be in yours. It's just something to consider. It's gonna take some boldness there, but listen, she only did that because she believed the information that she got. So now, you got to believe the information you got. <laughs> so the takeaway is this. God loves it when his children search for his goodness. I want you to, as a, just as a, a thing that I, I think that you should be setting your heart towards, you should be looking around. How is it that the Lord has been at work over the last year? Over the last, I'm going to just give, let me shorten it for you. This, this last week, can that change? Your attitude, your face, your body language, your shoulders, okay? That you can have your head up. Because, man, God is good for such and such a reason. And you're ready to fire it off in case somebody asks. Man, you look, because people notice, right? It's like, man, you look good. What, what happened? Man, let me tell you. Man, I'm just having a good time because da 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 and then, you know, and they might just go, okay, that doesn't mean that they're going to, okay, then tell me, what must I do to be saved? That may not happen. <laughs> it's okay. But at least you testified of God's goodness. At least you were mentally searching for it. Because guys, you know, like I know, over the last year, we, you had to search for something good to hold on to. How is it that you maintain your faith during 
when we first start in March, it's like, is this the end? Is this it? <laughs> this is weird. What are we doing? I got to, you have stopped the discipleship conference that was going famously well. Me and Billy Wood could not have been getting closer. Now I got to come home and I don't know why. What is this thing? Don't touch me. You're going to turn me into the zombie and I don't know what's happening. Don't even look at me. I do. I have to drive home. Can I get a flight home? I mean, like that was our thought process in March. And the Lord, now I'm just like, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's God's grace that has gotten us through all of that. We're on the other side of that. Well, getting on the other side of that, right? <laughs> and so can I, can I see God's goodness through that? Man, I, I think so. I think there's some things you got to look at. So search for his goodness, y'all. Look for it. Hold on to it. Be encouraged by it. Now, let's get back to Peter, verse 16. But Peter continued knocking. I love that. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And so now when he's continued knocking, there is something uh, kind of about this. Okay. When they opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. That astonished just means amazed. And there are a lot of scripture references here. And I want to just tell you, these scripture references trouble me. Let me read a few of them to you. And so maybe you can see why it is that they are troubling. So I'm just write these few down if you want to look at them. I'm sorry, I didn't, I forgot to put them up on the board there. Matthew 12, 23. And all that one says is that all the people were amazed and, and said, is not this the son of David? And speaking about Jesus. In Mark 2, 12, Mark 2.12, it says, and immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, and so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. There's one in Luke 8.56. Acts 2.7 and 12. I wasn't going to read those. That's why I didn't put them on the board for you, but this one should be up there, Acts 8.13. Now listen to this, okay? This is the, I'm concerned, this concern. Now let's go back to the verse and it says, but Peter continued knocking and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished, okay? So remember I said earlier, it's the Rhoda's response versus they response. So we already heard what they did already. Called her crazy, <laughs> maybe it's a guardian angel. And now they're astonished. Okay. Uh, you guys remember Acts 8? Kind of a weird chapter. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Uh, Simon's belief was phony. I'm that's why I'm troubled. The next one, Acts 9.21, but all they... Oh, excuse me, all that heard him were amazed and said, is not this he that destroyed them which called on his name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound of the chief priests? This is of the Jews. And remember, they sought to kill Paul afterwards. I, listen, there is something that this is lending itself to just in terms of just being amazed by what God is doing. That's not enough. 
in Acts 10, 45, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thought, man, this is good. <laughs> but then I thought about it and I just was asking myself a question. But also we know that Judaizers are going to be coming from kind of a segment of Jews that are Christians that are going to put clamps down on the Gentiles. That's starting kind of from this group. And so I'm not, listen, I'm not questioning whether or not they believe they're astonished or not. I'm, but these are the scripture references and they're uncomfortable. <laughs> they're not glowing <laughs> amazement. Maybe it's just surface amazement. Man, listen, um, those are people who tend to be just like charismatic only. And you have no root in, in terms of what it is that you see. That's troubling. Perhaps that's why it was so easy to just fire off. Well, lady, you crazy. And maybe this is guardian angel. See, I, here's the question. Is the work of God only impressive to you? Only impressive. And I, and I I just reworded that. I said it differently in my notes. Guys, listen, I don't want you to just, because you know what some people I've heard say, well, that's good for you. That's what I'm worried about. That's good for you. I'm, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I don't believe it. I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I think the Lord just put those references there just so he can at least be like, oh, what the, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of weird right here. It's interesting. I, I, don't want, I don't want ever to have an attitude that's like whatever God is doing in the life of a, a loved one that I have that's close to me that I kind of just go, well, that's good for you. No, listen, I, there, there's some goodness that I want for me. There's an approach I have to make. There, there's an advance I have to make, right? I have to engage in this dialogue. I have to come to this truth. Remember that I'm searching for his goodness in my own life. Just searching for it in your life does not help my life. I want to see it in my life. See, that's the thing I like about Rhoda. We got her name. They just call, they're just they. Man, I, it's interesting. It's interesting, you know. So listen, here's the thing. Because God is not zapping you like me, God will continue to work to woo you. That's the takeaway. Everything that God does, he's long-suffering and he's gracious and he will just constantly do good things in order that one day you will wake up. <laughs> I mean, you think about it now. Don't we don't think that the Lord is sick and tired of all of the, the house sin is just manifested, the utter disrespect that goes on the world. And he's like, I'm I want to still gather more. If my kids will actually get out there and do what they're supposed to do and live according to these purposes, man, I'm going to rescue souls from hell. Their work is on them. I need y'all to do the work. Because I don't it doesn't do him any good to just watch everybody burn up. That's not where the joy is for him, guys. It's not gonna be like sweet. That's not a good day for him either. You understand that? 
You are his creation and now have returned back to his children. Would you like to watch your children burn up? No, you would not. So you have to understand the, the, the fervency by the Lord's heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for discipleship, for planting churches that will do the same. This whole idea, like, I'm going to just be cool and just, that's good for you, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Oh, man, that can't fly. That's problematic because that doesn't share the Father's heart. It's got to be more than that. You stop watching other people get their blessings. You go get some. You got to ask. You got to obey. Oh, let's just start there. You got to obey. <laughs> There's a lot of blessings just from obedience. If we're honest, that's where it's going to start. And so listen, please do not take the Lord's kindness in vain. He will continue to woo you. But guys, I'm begging you, obey him. Take the opportunities he's putting in front of you. Be a part of whether it's this class, this church, a Bible study, discipleship, D2, LFBI, whatever it is that he has been tapping on your heart that you need to do and you're like, yeah, 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 Lord, I hear you. I know that. And then you've even clapped when those have passed LFBI. You haven't even signed up. You kind of want it, but you know it's going to take a sacrifice. So I'm encouraging you. Yes, it is. Do it. Don't just, don't, don't just watch it happen in front of you. Verse 17. But he beckoning unto them, and now it's Peter is getting a chance. Because listen, he's itching to deliver a message. Yes, he is a little hasty, and he's on the run. <laughs> but man, I got to tell you why. Because he knows this is going to encourage them. And that's incredible. Man, I got to, there's this whole dialogue happening behind the door. He's like, what are they doing? Just open the door. Somebody just open the door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, what are we doing? I got to go. People are looking for me. <laughs> you know? But he beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared, don't miss that, you better not, declared unto them, what? How the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And then what does he say? Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. See, listen, that declared, Psalm 66, 16, come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Man, listen, this is why I told you earlier, you got to be telling people what God is doing in your life. God has put you around particular individuals so that those individuals will be very much encouraged. And don't miss this. Leadership will be encouraged. Guys, I want to know. Sam wants to know. James wants to know. Man, the, the Bible study leaders want to know. We want to know when God is at work. When God has come through on these things that we've been praying about. We want to know when your kids are doing something different. Man, when they're actually taking the Bible for themselves, they're going, they want to go on some trip. We want to know when a spouse, maybe they, they started to come into a Bible study and they weren't coming to church at all. 
Man, we want to know that. That encourages my faith. Like, you have no idea. You have no idea. Because the thing often that comes through the ears of leaders is hard. So it's good when I get to hear something good that God is at work in your life. Oh, man, it makes my heart melt. Psalm 107, 21, oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Man, can you do that? I need that. Can you do that for me? Man, tell me. I can make some time for that. I try to make time for you anyway. You know, I got to go through the, 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 the calendar, serene, <laughs> trying to figure out what our calendar looks like so we can get together and we can have, you know, dinner or coffee or, or whatever. But I, I will make time for you. Okay? Man, let's do it. I've, almost everybody in here I've, has eaten. Open your mouth and eaten. Yes, almost every face in here over the past six years. Now, I, that's a long span, so it should have happened. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, listen, there's, I, I, I want that. And listen, even if it's difficult, I still want to know, right? Because I want to pray for you. Because I know who I'm talking to. I know who I'm going to take that prayer up to. I know what he's capable of. I know his grace is sufficient. And so because I have that knowledge, man, you, you very much want to engage me in that way. But man, let, let your leaders know what's happening. And then encourage your family. Tell each other. I love, you know, we chatter. There's always a little dialogue in this class, back and forth. I love it. You guys love each other. Man, praise the Lord. And let each other know what's happening. And maybe I don't hear directly from you that God is at work. I'll hear from somebody else. I'm still encouraged. It's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to zap you. Now, I told you earlier I would. That's only if I was God, because I would be quite annoyed by earth. But that's just, you know, I'd have to zap people at that point. <laughs> but in this setting, this ain't earth. It's pretty good. So, you know, you guys are awesome. No trouble. I love you. Right? And so, listen, I left on here just so you can see the last thing in terms of the James that we're going to see, because it's like some of you could get confused and like, oh, J wait a minute, James is dead. No, nah, not nah, Jesus, brother James. That's the James that's left. And so there's all these scripture references. I think that, yeah, Serene having them together. So these are his brothers. In Matthew 13, 55, it says, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother and James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And so... These are all of his brothers. And here are the scripture references. If you didn't know that, you should write that down. Look that up. Okay. But now something interesting is this, James. Oh, look. Bro, James. And then this, Judas, is Jude that, you know, wrote this book. Okay. So just so you know, and just put that together there. These are Jesus' brothers. Um, okay. Last, last thing. On this one, I don't have any questions or takeaways because here's the thing. It's resolved itself. It's resolved itself. The goodness of the Lord must be testified of. It must be sought after. It's the thing you have to seek. You have to search for. You got to dig. You got to really look because the enemy is going to try to put things and circumstances in your way that's going to try to 
basically cover up what it is that God is doing. And so I, I want you to look for the little things. The big things always, we can always see that, right? But the little things. Did you get up this morning? Praise the Lord. Right? Some people did not this morning, today. Some people aren't here because they're still sick. Some people won't make it to the end of the day, right? You're here right now. So you can praise the Lord for that. You heard the word of God. There's some people have no church, no Christ to turn to, right? You have that. So man, be joyful for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I uh, thank you um, just for Again, just showing us the truth of what is taking place. And Lord, we love we love these little supporting uh, cast members like Rhoda. Lord, just thank you for what it is that you have done with her. And Lord, that she had a heart to listen. She had a readiness of mind. Um, Lord, and just the just the joy and excitement for um, hearing Peter's voice. Lord, how comforting that must have been for her. And so, Father, I pray, let us learn from her that, uh, Lord, we can just find joy in the little things that you're doing. Lord, help us to be grateful children that have the countenance that shows that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb, that our body language, our responses, when people ask us how we're doing, that we would take some time to act before we answer. Um, Lord, you are good. Would you forgive us just for being disrespectful at times, for forgetting, for being over it? Um, Lord, thank you for not zapping us. And um, thank you for your long suffering. Um, Lord, help us to do the same to others that we may be frustrated in in situations that we may have. Lord, and I pray that we would be desperate. Um, people that are knocking on your door Lord, we know, really, your door is already open. It's just a knock to say, we're here. Dad, can we talk to you? So, Father, just thank you for opening that door to us. And, um, Lord, I pray that these people will be moved and compelled and consider the things that we've discussed this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.